game is that you then turn to the person behind you and you continue to share the message. You continue to give them the message by whispering in their ear. That's the thing. You have to whisper in their ear the message. And the goal is to get to the, the end person, the, last, the way that you win, because every, every game's got to have a win, right? The goal is to get to the end having the, their quickest, um, but having the message the most intact. That's the goal. So you've got to get there quick, and you've got to get there with the message somewhat intact. Now, that might not sound like a very complicated game, but it's a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun because the message gets so distorted or garbled or added to the more that it gets communicated. Each time that it gets communicated, especially if you're playing with youth, each time that it gets communicated, a detail will get left out or you know something will get added to or it'll be, oh, I forgot about that and I think it was this and and so by the time that you get to the end of the line, the message is really kind of funny, can be kind of funny. That illustrates to me, it, it just brought to mind, that, that illustration brings to mind um, ha- somehow how the message of the gospel and the good news about Jesus Christ gets, gets given and gets shared throughout history. You know, I think in many ways the message that gets shared today Um, could be almost even unrecognizable to the message that Jesus actually preached, the message that he actually gave, because it continues to get shared and shared, and then a detail or two, yeah, what's a detail, you know? Oh, love, that's just a detail. Let's just... Let's just talk about judgment, right? And then this whole, this whole, you know, variation of, uh, you know, the message of Jesus Christ just sort of gets, you know, changed and, and contorted till you get to the very end person, and it's like, really? That was the message? That's that's what he said? Uh, I don't quite think so. You know, word of mouth is powerful. Salespeople have known for decades how important how powerful word of mouth advertising is i mean that that actually can build a business that can actually what ruin a business it can actually devastate a business word of mouth is so absolutely important and critical to uh, especially small businesses that are, that are beginning and uh you know, those two together, just the significance of our message, the significance of, of the message and our words as we communicate um, what Jesus is saying, not only to us, but to the environment that we live in, the, the world that we live in. Um, last week I talked about uh, the source of our words. We're in this brand new campaign that we're going to talk about. We're going to continue to talk about today. We're, gonna, we're just going to keep talking about it. Um, as, as long as Jesus tells us to. We're going to keep talking about it. It's called My Everywhere. It's called My Everywhere. And I'll, I'll reflect on the scripture in just a moment. But basically it's every one of us ha- has been given us an assignment. Every disciple, every follower of Jesus has been given an assignment. And we'll also reflect on that in just a moment. But we've been sent out. And last week I talked about the significance of the source of the message that we're taking out. Like, what's the source of the message? Like, where are you getting the message from? And what message are you actually taking in to then communicate to friends, family, co-workers, whoever it is? What's the source? So the title of last week's message was, 
What's your word? What's your word? What are you saying? What are you communicating non-verbally um, in, in your workplaces, in your schools, in the grocery stores? What are you communicating? What's your word? Um, speaking um, specifically the source of your word. But this week I want to talk about um, not just the source. Of course, we want to have the right source, but we want to have the right message. So this week it's what's the word. Instead of what's your word, this week it's what's the word. What, what's the word that Jesus gave his followers? What's the word that his followers were then given the task of taking out? What's the word? All right. So if you have a Bible with you and you wouldn't mind turning with me, we're going to kind of find out some about what all these crazy pictures and this My Everywhere stuff is all about, and uh, we'll join in uh, together. All right, so if you would stand so we can read together. Luke chapter 9, if you have a tablet and uh, you want to use Wi-Fi or phone, we do that. We have that as well. We have Wi-Fi here. Luke chapter 9, this is where we get this whole crazy idea of My Everywhere. I'm going to read a few verses. I'm going to summarize the middle, and then I'm going to come back to the end. It says this, Luke chapter 9, verse 1, When Jesus had called the twelve together, He gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases, and He sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. So He sends out His disciples. We can surmise from this, just these couple of verses here that, that Jesus gave His earliest disciples, His earliest followers, an assignment. He gave them a responsibility to take the word that He had given them to then go out in power and authority to engage in what we call spiritual warfare, confronting the kingdom of darkness, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing the sick. And then in the middle of that, uh, verses 3 and 4, he gives them some more specific instruction about what they're to take and what they're not to take. And then the summaries in verse 6, which is where we get my everywhere from. So they set out, so the disciples set out and went from village to village, proclaiming the good news and healing people where? Everywhere, everywhere. everywhere. Thank you so much. Go ahead and have a seat. So that's where we get my everywhere from. It's just a... Uh, I believe, I feel like, it's a catchy way to remind us, to, to engage us about where is Jesus calling us. It, it really does grab a hold of us and say, no, there's, there's more to this life following Jesus than just coming to church on Sunday morning, um, trying my best to be a good person, uh, you know, doing all of those things that, that we feel like that, that the message has been distorted to make us think. Um, but we really do actually have responsibility. As we give our lives to Jesus, like there's, there's real things that, we, that we're working on, and there's a real mission that's huge, and it's going to take every single one of us, and that's participating with God or, or, or taking the message of Jesus into the places that He's sending us, and we're calling those places my everywhere. Out of that Scripture that... Um, the disciples went from village to village proclaiming the good news, healing people everywhere. We're saying it like this. Everyone has an everywhere. Everyone has an everywhere. And your everywhere might be your workplace. It might be the grocery store. It might be school. 
You know, it might be if you homeschool your kids, it might be, you know, your family, you just your kids there as you're homeschooling them. Certainly, um, our families are everywhere, and uh, we understand the, the necessity to disciple our kids and raise our kids and teach them about Jesus. Um, so that, that's really our everywhere. That's really our everywhere. And what we're asking you to do, are you with me? Let me see everybody's little beady eyes. What we're asking you to do, <laughs> is that a bad thing to say? I didn't mean it bad. Let me see your eye. Yeah, is that, is that beady? Okay. Let me just see your eyeballs. Lend me your eyes, good people of Vineyard. What we'd like you to do is uh, just take a selfie in your everywhere. Uh, if you don't know what a selfie is, ask someone under 25. It's just a first service. I thought that was much more funny. So it's just a picture of you holding your, you know, you're just taking a picture of you within the background where God has placed you. So if you're a student, maybe it's your classroom or S&T or your family. Certainly there's a lot of families. There's a lot of, that's, that's what the pictures reflect. That's you and you're everywhere. So send us a picture. Info at vineyardrolla.org if you want to do that. Put it on Facebook. If, uh, if you want to do that, follow our, our Vineyard page on Facebook. However, just get it out there. Because here's what's going to happen. We're going to catch momentum here. We're going to catch momentum. And as we grow, there really is there, there's something that happens in numbers. There's a confidence that happens in numbers. And you can know that, you know what, I'm not in this alone. And then you get to share it. You get to talk about it. It's fun. It's engaging. So let's, let's do this. Let's do this. Jim says we got like 35 or something like that. Let's have another 30 by next week. What the heck? Let's just keep going because here's what's going to happen. Here's what's going to happen. We're not just going to have pictures, but the next step is we're going to have stories. Because it's not just about getting a picture. I mean, that's fun. That's all well and good. But we're going to the stories that in my everywhere, I shared the good news, or I shared, or I talked about the kingdom with a coworker and what that meant, and they ended up giving their life to Jesus. Or in my workplace, uh, I had a coworker that was sick, and I took this serious, and, and I believed that Jesus was sending his disciples to heal the sick and to proclaim the good news of the kingdom, and I did it. And here's the story. So that's where we're going. That's where we're going. Pictures are just, they're great. We're going to catch momentum. They're going to build momentum. But we're going for stories. We're going for the biblical languages, testimonies, if you will. So, so we're going to go into our everywhere. We're going to take this thing seriously. What's the word? What, what message are you going to take? So we talked last week again about the source where you're getting the message. But what, what is the message that you're going to take? You know, when the disciples went out, think about this for just a second. When the disciples went out, village to village, town to town, when they went out everywhere, they didn't have a Bible like this. They didn't have anything close to this. Um, they wouldn't have read from a Bible. They wouldn't have used Scripture. They wouldn't have been allowed to teach from Scripture. I mean, none of them were teachers. None of them were rabbis. They would not have been allowed to teach uh, from the scriptures. And yet they went out and, and gave the good news of the kingdom of God everywhere. How did they do that? What did they use? Come on, think. They used their memory 
and their experiences, which is, I mean, basically the same thing, but they, they, used, they, they listened to Jesus. They, they remembered, they recalled what he had, what he had told them, and, and the message and the word that he had given them, and then they saw it through the demonstration, which is the experience they had, and, and you know, many of them were very novice in this and just jumped out there because they so, so loved Jesus and were so captured by his mission and so, you know, just, we're going to do this. But they weren't professionals. They didn't have a Bible, right? They didn't have that. So the really cool thing, I, find, I actually find encouragement in that. Because if you're like me, and maybe you find encouragement too, because if you're, if, if you're like me, the thought of like sharing a scripture, defending a scripture, if you will, um, you know, that can be intimidating. Like, I'm not a biblical scholar, so I, I feel sometimes insecure about my ability to share Scripture in a way that I'd have to defend it. And that can become a barrier. But then I remember, oh, the disciples didn't have a Bible. I can do this. I can do this. It also reminds me of how important it is to have memories with Jesus. Like, do you have good memories with Jesus? I mean, that's what the disciples are sharing. That's what they're sharing. They're sharing their memories with Jesus. That's why it's so important to have memories. And it is important, even though we're not going to, you know, just throw our desk, our Bibles down on our co-worker's desk and say, Believe! <laughs> I don't recommend you do that. But it is important to know what it says. right? And because we do have the benefit of having it, Today, in this day and age, compiled this way, it's just it's so, so amazing. And we, in many ways, in this aspect, we're ahead of where the disciples were. Now, they got us beat out way because they were, you know, they were with Jesus. They could actually touch him and, and watch him and wow. But, uh, but they didn't have the written word. So we do. So we should use it and recall our memories as we're going out and teaching or proclaiming the good news. What's the word? The source of the word is important, and we should be intentional about the source of the word because every one of us are like sponges. That's what the demonstration we showed last week. Every one of us are like sponges. We take it in, and we just wring ourselves out wherever we are. That's the idea. That's what we want to do. We want to be intentional about our source, but not just what's your word, what's the word? What's the word? Because it's important. If we're going to proclaim the kingdom of God, what is it? What are we saying? Right? And so I took some time and, and, and really just thought about it. Because I'm really taking this serious. Because I'm like, man, I want us all to get on this page. I want us all to, to get into our everywhere and, and, and be effective and see really significant things changing. Um, and so I broke it down and I said, Here's what I believe the implications of the good news about the kingdom are. And I really broke it down to three sort of headings, if you will. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to take each of the next three weeks and talk about one of those headings. About what the good news of the kingdom is. Alright? Good? Alright, so we're good so far. So... I'll just give you a little preview. The three headings that I believe the implications of 
the good news of the kingdom of God are hope, purpose, and life. And so we'll take these next, uh, this including the next two weeks, and we'll just dive into the how the kingdom of God, because we want to be intentional about the proclamation, the message. Um, we don't want to just, you know, give whatever. We want to be intentional about that. And so we're going to take each of those three components, hope, purpose, and life. And we're just going to examine that in light of the kingdom and what Jesus was actually saying in that. All right? It's going to be good. It's going to be good. All right, so the kingdom of God is a message of hope. The message of the kingdom of God is a message of hope. In fact, if you're following along in your outlines, because I know all of you guys are, the first one, the first fill in the blank there is hope is the message Jesus proclaims. Hope is the message Jesus proclaims. Why is that important? It's important because that's the message that he gives his disciples. Ergo, you've given your life to Jesus. That's you and that's me. So the message that I need to be communicating or the message that I'm going to communicate is going to be one of hope. Yes. Yes. You guys are right there with me. Sharp, sharp. So much sharper than first service. You guys are sharp. So, hope. Every, every, when I communicate into my everywhere, I'm going to communicate hope. I'm going to communicate hope. Now, I'm searching through Scripture, I'm looking through Scripture, and I'm saying, where is a specific place where you hear Jesus talking this way, using the language of hope? Because that's, that's the foundation of His message. That, that's the foundation. The message of the kingdom is a message of hope. It is a message of hope. Let's go over to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. First book, if you're in Luke, just turn left. You'll get to Matthew. Matthew chapter 5. If you get to that big break that says Old and New Testament, you went too far. So, this is a great place to start. Remembering, so we're like putting pieces together in this to create a big picture. So the pieces are, the, Jesus sent the disciples. He sent them with power and His Word. They went out and taught based on their experience and their memory, right? Watching and following Jesus in His everyday life. So it's, it's important and it's very helpful. It's extremely helpful to go back to the beginning of Jesus' earthly ministry. Not birth, but when he is finally released, when God finally releases him, somewhere around 30 years old, to, to go out on his mission. To, to, this is, we're, you're going for it now, from here on out. So he goes, and if you're familiar with his life, he has this uh, period where he goes into the desert, and he's, and he's tempted, and he's in the desert for 40 days, and he's fasting, and uh, it's, a, it's a period of testing that he's going through. When he comes out, he's baptized. He receives the Holy Spirit. And then he begins to teach. And then he begins to teach. And he teaches in such a way, the Bible says, that he teaches as one who has authority. And so there's not just, he's just not blabbing, like sometimes I feel like I do. 
But he's teaching as though, I mean, he, like one who has authority. So there's weight behind his words. So there's authority behind what he's saying. And, and people are starting to hear. And they're starting to gather. And the, the people are bringing the sick to Jesus. And people who are sick are coming to Jesus. And people who are hungry and thirsty are coming to Jesus because they want to hear what he has to say. And so it's really important to look at his first message. Uh, teachers... Uh, preachers will call this the Sermon on the Mount. It's his very first inaugural message. So it's significant to go back and say, well, what was Jesus saying? Right? If we're going to be thoughtful, which we should be, to go back and say, well, what, what was Jesus saying? Well, let's, let's look at it together. So Matthew chapter 5, actually 5 through 7, and parts of 8 is where you have this whole message contained, and man, it'll just turn you upside down if you read it all. But, Matthew chapter 5, in what's called the Beatitudes, he gives this whole list of where people might find themselves in life. Like the condition of where people might find themselves, both emotionally, spiritually, physically, where they might find themselves in life. And then he communicates a promise with that. Now, I'm going to read these, but what I want you to do is, as a hearer, I want you to hear and, and see if you can pick up on any um, any place where you might find yourself, where you might identify with this and say, oh, hey, that's me. Okay? Because it's important. So here's what Jesus says. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for this is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they'll be comforted. Comforted. And I just caught uh, between services somebody, um, when I had read that scripture, they were actually mourning and they actually took comfort in that. So that was really cool. Uh, blessed are the meek, for they'll inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, because they'll be filled, for they'll be filled. Uh, blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, because theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you, because of me. Listen. He's laying this out and man, this is hitting home with his audience. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. But what's he really doing? He's providing promises. He's making promises in the midst of that. Like, if this is where you find yourself, if you are meek, that's actually a really good place to be because you're going to inherit the kingdom. And if you're poor in spirit, and if, and if you hunger and thirst for righteousness, and, and just on, on, and on, and on. But what's he actually doing? What's he actually giving them? He's giving them hope. He's giving them hope. He says, if you find yourself in mourning, if you're someone who mourns, blessed are those in, who mourn, because you will be comforted. He's actually giving them hope. You see, hope is the foundation. It undergirds every single thing that Jesus says. Hope is the message of the kingdom. Hope is the message of the kingdom. And when you go out into your everywhere, what you're taking is hope. Now, saying that, I already know that, that there are people here this morning who would say, I don't feel very hopeful. I don't feel a lot of hope in my life. And here would be my absolutely loving response. 
your everywhere may need to start internally. And we can't ever neglect that, right? We're going to go, 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 go. But sometimes the person we need to go to is our self. Sometimes the place that I need to start, in fact, most often where I need to start is with me. What does that look like? You ever proclaim the good news to yourself? Man, I think believers should really get in the habit of that. I think followers of Jesus should really get in the habit of proclaiming the good news of the kingdom to themselves. No, you are, you're not whatever you are. You're not whatever people say you are. You are a son or daughter of the king. Like You have eternal life. You have a reason to hope. You have a God who loves you. You will never be alone. This is what it looks like to proclaim the good news of the kingdom to yourself. And I know that sounds kind of funny and it sounds kind of weird, but it's absolutely true. It's absolutely true. It was the message of hope. It was the message that Jesus gave to His disciples. You remember in John chapter 10, verse 35, He says, um, in this world you're going to have trouble. You remember the next thing that He said? He said, take heart. You know what take heart is? Hope. That's all it is. Take heart means have hope because I've overcome the world. I love how Jesus is just so matter-of-fact and plain and yet so compassionate and caring and and life-giving in His message. In this world, you're going to have trouble. Is that true? Absolutely, it's true. But take heart, have hope. I've overcome the world. That was the message of Jesus. Hope is the message of the kingdom. Hope is the message that Jesus proclaims. Hope is the message that He gave to His followers, His disciples, to go to their everywhere and spread hope. Spread hope. Now, in Jesus' incredible wisdom and His Father's just infinite wisdom, Here's what he knows. And we'll all be able to understand this as well. We'll all be able to tie into this as well. If Jesus gave the message of hope to his disciples, guess what? Second blank there on your outline. Everyone, everyone needs hope. There isn't a single person who has lived or will live who doesn't need hope. There isn't one. There isn't one. In fact, with all of the, the, the diversity that we see in communities and even within this church, the diversity and the, the differences and the backgrounds and the difference in the way they were raised and the places they were raised and all of that, the one thing, the handful out of the handful of things that we might share in common, the one absolute thing we share in common is that we all need hope. Every single one of us need hope. Hope for a good diagnosis. Hope for just a better day tomorrow. Hope for a promotion. Hope that my child will come home. Hope that fill in the blank. Every single one of us in different parts of our life could fill that in in different ways. This is my hope. I hope that this happens. 
Every single one of us. Some of those are really significant and, and really serious and, and absolutely, you know, you just, you're hanging on that phone call or that email or that text. You're hanging on that. Every one of us need hope. Every one of us need hope. That's why this is so perfect. That's why the message of Jesus is so perfect. Because it meets us right where we need it the most. He meets us right where we need him the most. And that's in hope. Jesus answers a deep, deep, deep longing in our hearts. Given for this waiting, hoping for an eternal hope. Now, some of us, throughout the course of our lives, hope in things that don't come through. We put our hope, maybe you, can, maybe you would call it false hope, or just, just hoping in something that probably doesn't have much business being our only hope, in a person or a system or a, a whatever it is. Um, and we get really discouraged by that, and, and we lose hope. And I can just tell you from my own personal experience that the darkest times of my life are the times where I lost hope. And I am the eternal optimist. I mean, I am like glass half full always. But the, the darkest times of my life, the times where I would say I, I had experienced depression were times where I lost hope. And that's why it's so important to stay connected. It's why it's so important to have memories. It's why it's so, so important to be in community. Because this is where you're going to find hope. Because this community is going to point you to Jesus. And he's going to be that hope for us. Every one of us need hope. And hope is amazing. Hope is amazing. Last blank there on your outline. Hope has the power to transform any situation. Any situation. If you can just hang on. If you can just have a glimmer of hope. If you can just see the light at the end of the tunnel. Man, that empowers you. It emboldens you. It gives you... You know, just that extra boost of strength that, you know what, I can make it through. I can make it through this as long as I feel like I, I'm going to make it. As long as I feel like there's, there's a chance that, I can, that I'm going to be okay. There's a chance that this thing's going to happen. There's a chance that this is going to work out. If I can just have that, I can make it through. Hope is a powerful thing, guys. And that, here's the... Here's the the way it connects is that there are people in your everywhere who need hope. It's not just you that needs hope. It's not just me. It's not just us in this room who need hope. But when you go out, you can be confident that people need hope. You can be confident, man. You can stand on that. You can, man. And hope has the power to transform any situation. Any situation. I served in the Iraqi war, the Iraqi conflict, Desert Storm. And our aircraft carrier had one of the first POWs in that particular conflict. And I've heard stories from uh, reading other accounts from other POWs, prisoners of war, who in their darkest times, in their, in their most bleak time, reached out to find some glimmer of hope whether that was through a picture, uh, um, an artifact, maybe even just a personal memory, but something, something that could give them hope that, that I'm going to make it. And it had the power 
to allow them or enable them to go through circumstances that you, know, you don't even want to talk about and the, and the torture that they were actually able to go through because of hope. Because of hope. Hope is a powerful force. And it's the message of Jesus. I want to show you another quick clip, real quick, from a movie, a fairly recent movie over the last few years, talking about the power of hope. Why do you think we have a winner? What do you mean? I mean, why do we have a winner? catch that hope is the only thing more powerful than fear now I would say that love and and you know and hope as well are linked together but hope is more powerful than fear again I'm just I want to drive this into our hearts that when you're going into your everywhere be confident be confident even if you don't know all the right words even if you can't quote John 3.16, or whatever it is that we memorize. Even if you can't do that, even if you couldn't, you know, give a whole dissertation about faith and, and all of that, you can, you can communicate hope. You can give someone hope. You can say to them, listen, I know this is a difficult time. I know that this is really hard for you. Don't give up. Don't give up. And if you're living an authentic life, intentional about your source of your word, that's going to give so much credibility to your message that people can grab onto that and that hope can overcome fear that they might be sensing in that particular situation. Hope, stronger than fear, a powerful force and the central message of the kingdom of God. That's it. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for every person here, Lord. I thank you for the hope that we have in your son, Jesus, which ultimately we have in you because you made a way. And so, God, inspire hope in us right now. Lord, as I said at the outset of this uh, time together, there may be someone here who really in a tough spot, in a tough situation. And I pray, God, that you would bring hope. I thank you that we're never alone, that you're always with us and always available for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.